Thank you for joining today for a new episode of the podcast as part of the Voice from a Recorder. Today's guest will be Kathy. Um, so could you please introduce yourself? Oh, thank you, Maya, for inviting me to join you today. Um, my name is Kathy, and I'm currently um, retired after a 38-year career in IT. My last position was a CIO for a large government agency in Florida. Um, career was great, but I can't really say I, I, I actually miss it. Um, now I'm enjoying travel and cooking and playing with grandkids and all sorts of new things, bowling with friends and quiet evenings at home. Okay, so do you just wanna jump into the questions? Uh, I'll be glad to. Okay, thank you. So how do you think the United States women's overall rights are compared with other countries um, such as Western European countries? Well, overall, I think the U.S. has a long way to go to catch up with some of those more progressive countries. It's something like Iceland or Norway or Sweden and, and those countries that, where they start teaching gender equality basically in preschool um, really seems foreign to the U.S. So yeah. a little ways to Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and... What do you think about equal pay? Um, do you feel that women in your area are underpaid? And if they are underpaid, what can be done? Um, so equal pay for equal work, of course, to me, it should be a basic right. But the big issue is interpretation of equal work. You know, I see, I've seen arguments where they say a flight attendant uh, should make as much as a pilot. And, and I'm like, well, do you really think that's equal work? And, and I would say, for me, I don't think so. Um, in IT, I really didn't see women underpaid. It was really much skill-based industry and, and the value of the skill was um, how your pay was. And it really didn't, didn't, I didn't see a lot of gender differences in pay in the IT industry. Um, but then you look at occupations that many women choose, you know, such as a nursing or teaching, then, you know, versus a man that might choose engineering, then, then we quickly see pay differences. So I'm thinking before you reduce the gender gap in earnings, uh, we really have to change the gender differences in employment. Yeah. Kind of the job yeah. women choose. Mm -hmm. And do you think menstrual products should be free for everyone, such as in workplaces, schools, and all government buildings and stuff like that? Um, and if yes, how should the government pay for it? And if not, why don't you think it's an issue? Well, I mean, I guess ideally I'd like to see a day when the menstrual products were in all the restrooms, just like toilet paper or soap or a paper towel is today. Um, it, you know, to me, it should just should be a cost of, of restroom consumables. And if that restroom was in a public school or a government building, then yes, it would be the government's responsibility. But if it was in a private workplace, then it would be the responsibility of the employer. So just, you know, one day we might get to look at it just like it's any other product in a restroom. Yeah. Um, and kind of going off of that, do you think that there is a period poverty in the United States? Well, 
I would think that period poverty would exist anywhere there is poverty. So yes, there's poverty in the US. So um, it, there would naturally be period poverty. Um, I think that, you know, if we did go as far as including access to, to menstrual products in like a public school or a university, we, we would definitely enhance, you know, self-esteem of those individuals living through that period poverty. Mm -hmm. um, this is also kind of related, but do you think women should have free access to non-prescription birth control and why are we not? Well, I really don't think it's the government's responsibility to pay for all birth control. Um, it is reasonable to believe that funding would be available one day for low-income individuals, whether that be male or female, that need birth control and, and don't have the resources to pay for it. But overall, just a blanket, make it free for everyone. I don't, I don't think that's necessary because I think many people have the resources to pay for it. Okay. And what do you think about the U.S. policy for new mothers compared with other countries such as Canada or Western European countries? Should women get at least three months of paid maternal leave? And what are the pros, of, pros and cons of this policy? Well... I mean, I think new mothers would certainly benefit with their babies on a maternity leave that was three months. And, um, you know, that sounds good. And, and I actually met my uh, new granddaughter this earlier this week, and her parents are actually living in New Zealand. Maternity leave policy there is a year. So they're in that first year and they're sharing it. So it can be shared between the mother and the father. And, um, it's a paid leave, but the amount is kind of like a, we would look recognize an unemployment stipend. So it's not their full salary. Um, so I think a year would seem extreme, you know, for the US, but a three month policy probably would be a great blessing to many new parents. Um, I really don't have any idea on the cost of that though. I, you know, um, or a viability of such a program in the US, cause I don't know I've never really looked at how many people would use it and how much it would cost to where that funding would come from. Okay. Um, an Icelandic lawmaker in full view of her fellow lawmakers and television cameras delivered her remarks with her six-week-old daughter nursing quietly um, and no one cared. This is not surprising in Iceland, which has long had a liberal view of breastfeeding in public, but what do you think would happen if this occurred in the U.S., especially in the South? And do you approve of the, this lawmaker's action and why or why not? Well, I think nursing is it's natural, but it's also to me um, a private moment between a mother and a child. And you could breastfeed in a public setting and still be discreet. Um, I think that lawmaker wasn't discreet. I think if this occurred in a government setting in the South, we'd probably see lawmakers trying to roll back just the woman's basic right to breastfeed in public. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and as an IT manager, what do you think, are there any advantages and disadvantages of being a woman or um, if not, why? Or do you feel like there is a glass ceiling or invisible bias in this area of work? Um, I don't know that there was, a, there was an advantage to being a, a female in that industry, but um, 
I was successful as an IT manager and I never felt that glass ceiling effect. Um, but my vantage point was probably narrow because my entire career was in government. So I really don't have any personal experience in the corporate world and how, you know, that if that glass ceiling exists or doesn't exist, but certainly it did not in government from, from my vantage point. Okay. Um, during the pandemic, when schools and childcare facilities shut down, many women quit their jobs to take care of the family. And it kind of seems like disproportionate housework has fallen on the shoulders of women. Um, what do you think can, that can be done to change this trend? Well, I think disproportionate housework or homework, whatever we want to call it, um, is very much a, a family dynamic. Um, that trend is not new. In general, women have always seemed to be hardwired as the nurturer and the caregiver, um, which I, personally I never really viewed as a bad thing. And then when that hard decision comes where you have to, as a parent, one of them has to give up a job, you know, usually comes down to economics. So if a woman's making less, you know, as a family, they many times make that decision that she's the one that gives up the job. But that kind of, you know, comes full circle with um, the pay and the jobs that the women choose. Okay. Um, and you kind of mentioned that you didn't think it was a bad thing. Um, so why don't you think it's a bad thing that um, that women are like usually the people who do the most um, housework tradi traditionally? Well, I think what I'm saying is not a bad thing is that I think that women just take on those roles just because by nature they're, they're nurturing and caregiving. And, you know, that's one of the things I think, you know, is wonderful about being a woman. You know, I think that the, if, if someone's doing more work, that that's almost a family dynamic. You know, that's between whoever their partner is of who's doing most work. Okay. Um, Roe versus Wade is 50 years old now. Do you think we should uphold or overturn this? And if overturned, what do you think would be the impact on women? Well, I think it would be a very sad day for this country if Roe versus Wade was overturned. The thought of 50 years of women reproductive health rights just gone in one single decision, that's, that's, that's really sad. Um, you know, the impact on women could be vary by state because I guess each state then would be in charge of, you know, what, what rights a woman had for access to abortion. Um, I expect many would ban it or, or severely limit if they could. Um, and then that would cause women who couldn't afford to travel from to a state that, uh, that permitted it, um, you know, they, they may revert back to those barbaric things that went on um, with riskier abortions before um, it was allowed something as bad as a self-managed one. So yeah, I, I think it would be a sad day. Yeah, for sure. And kind of going off of that, um, Texas just recently passed a law to illegalize abortions over six weeks under all circumstances. And Florida is about to pass a law to illegalize abortions over 15 weeks. 
what do you think about this um, since there are dozens of states trying to pass a similar law? And what do you think about this movement? If you disagree with those laws, what do you think people can do to change that? And if you, and if you agree with those laws, then why do you believe so? Well, I totally disagree with Florida and, and Texas restricting further abortions. I think that's something that's been available to women for 50 years. And I think it's sad that they're trying, that they actually are passing these laws. I think the only way we can change that is, is through voting. You know, you have to get officials in who are concerned with the woman's rights. That's my take on that one. It's, you know, it's not person. It's not personally whether I agree with abortion or don't agree with abortion. I think it's a woman's right to choose. Okay. Um, and over the last few decade, decades, the nation has made considerable progress in addressing the violence and abuse many women experience at the hands of partners, acquaintances, and strangers. Despite this progress, threats to women's safety continue to profoundly affect their economic security, health, civic engagement, and overall well-being. Could you please comment your thoughts on this issue? Yeah. I don't know a lot about that, but I do think I remember about 40% of women, I don't know that that's an exact fact, but I think I remember reading this at one point, about 40% of women that are um, in an abusive or violent um, situation never even seek help. Um, really seems kind of low to me. I would think that um, more people would, would seek help, but I think the pandemic may have even decreased that number. Um, I would think more people that were in abusive um, relationships had fewer options to get out. Um, the only solution I see is, is a, a better way to educate people where they know where to go to receive services. Um, and this is kind of related, but also globally in 2018, for every 10 victims of human trafficking detected, about five were adult women and two were girls. Most of the detected victims of trafficking for sexual exploitation, around 92% are females. What can we as ordinary people do to alleviate this issue? Um, only thing I can see that we could control that would be the old see something say something technique um I was on a flight not too long ago and I uh, another person that was on that flight suspected there was a man and a young female sitting near her and and she thought that the for whatever reason that the young girl was involved in human trafficking and she notified the flight attendant and they held the plane when we got to the gate and they wouldn't let anybody off the plane and law enforcement came in and and took the young um, female off and questioned her. And I, I have no idea what the outcome was, but I did think that there was a good process in place to attempt inter intervention. Um, so. Okay. And do you think the women's movement is stronger or weaker today than in the 1970s? Um, how do you think things change for the better or worse based on your own personal experience? Well, I, um, I think that women's liberation movement, I think is what I remember we called it in the 70s, um, was maybe the second wave of feminism, which, you know, was 50 years before that, 
women got the right to vote. And then the seventies got brought the, what was supposed to be gender equality in the workplace and at universities and it legalized abortion in 50 states and it started better access to healthcare. And so, um, you know, it was like, woohoo, lots of good things going on. And then fast forward 50 years and we're really facing those same issues and childcare remains very, in many cases, prohibitively costly for many people and abortion rights are being, you know, attacked or limited in states. So honestly, I see two steps forward and one step back. Yeah. Um, how do you think it's like, um, could you kind of elaborate on the two steps forward, one step back thing? Because I kind of feel like, um, like every time we do make another movement, um, there's always like a law that kind of reverses um, the progress we do make kind of like the Roe versus Wade overturning. So I was just wondering um, about what you think about that. And I think that's what I'm saying is, you know, that's what I see. I see all the things that happened in the seventies like Roe versus Wade just being attacked today and just being accepted as, as, you know, it's okay to take those rights back away. And it just, that's why I think we're just going backwards in many, you know, in areas. That's, that was my, you know, idea of, you know, we took two steps forward in, in the seventies and now we're 50 years, fast forward 50 years and we're going back, not forward. And it's, it's sad. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what do you think of school dress codes? According to the American Civil Liberties Union, dress codes are legal if they do not treat boys and girls differently, force students to conform to sex stereotypes, or censor particular viewpoints. What are your comments on this? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting one. I, I, um, I'm not in school, so I don't know how I'd feel about this if I actually was, but um, I actually like an idea of a school uniform. I think that, you know, if you lose that self-expression, even the playing field, it removes a lot of the insecurities that many of the students have that can't afford trends. And, you know, you don't have to worry about measuring how long a skirt is or how low pants are riding. So you could have those students focusing on learning and not on the peer pressure dressing in just that right outfit. So. I'm just kind of a fan of just drop that dress code and use some uniforms. That may seem real old fashioned, but that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. No, I actually kind of feel the same way because sometimes it can be like a little bit um, like difficult to worry about like what people think about what you're going to wear every day. So, yeah. 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 I think it would help, um, you know, certainly help the students who couldn't afford um you know, mm -hmm. a different outfit every day for, for a month and the latest trends. So I, I think it would be nice if we could just do uniforms. And, um, someone on the internet, Moffat, um, NATO countries saying that their secretary of defense were all females while Russia's were primarily male. What is your response to those people and how does that reflect on women's role in modern society? Well, uh, you know, there's always someone on the internet saying something really ignorant. So my response to those people be very Southern. I would just say, bless their heart. Um, I don't see any reflection in that mockery to women's roles in modern society. I think that was just a, 
just ignorant people saying stupid things. Yeah. And what is your personal definition of a feminist? A feminist, a feminist. I think a true feminist is um, probably a woman who creates opportunities for other women and lifts other women up. Okay, and finally, what would you like to see happen when it comes to gender equality in the next few years? Um, gender equality in the next few years. Um, I think I'd like to see more women um, take roles in IT. Mm -hmm. Be a fast, fast growing job and make it some of that pay disparity smaller. So I, I don't, um, I don't have a lot of answers for gender equality. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's all the questions I will be asking, but thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it.